Welcome to A Conversation with Chief, where together we visit with special friends from across Native North America who will encourage, inspire, and equip us in our walk with Jesus Christ. Join us now for an engaging conversation with Chief. Well, again, we just want to uh, thank all those individuals that have come to uh, meet different friends uh, of Chief. And uh, this portion is Conversations with Chief. And it's our goal to introduce you to individuals, uh, Native Americans uh, in different areas that are serving the Lord within their communities. It's also our desire to, to introduce folks that have a heart and a passion for our people. And uh, one friend that I want to introduce you to today uh, has not only a heart and passion for our Native people, but he has a tremendous heart and passion uh, for the scriptures, uh, for uh, the word of God. And uh, I want to introduce him. His name is Mike uh, Van Landingham. Uh, he's a retired uh, Bible professor and pastor. Uh, and until recently, he served as a pastor of biblical research at Harvard or I'm sorry, uh, Harvest Bible Chapel in Elgin, uh, Illinois. Uh, he's also served as professor of biblical studies at Moody Bible Institute. And I've been to Moody uh, many times, different leaders there. Uh, but one thing I can say about Moody is they have a heart to really get Native young people involved uh, in their institution. And so I want to want you to meet this brother. And uh, this brother, uh, he has gotten a PhD in Trinity International uh, University. Uh, he has also served churches in California, Nebraska, and Illinois. So he has much to contribute. And it's great to have you here today, uh, Pastor V, okay? Or you, or, you, or you can just call me Mike. And here, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. Great, great. Well, uh, you know, one thing, and... Uh, I, I was just sharing with him. Uh, I am a fifth-generation follower of Jesus Christ within my tribe, the Mohawk Indians. And one thing that my father taught me was the importance of God's Word. And as I look at our communities today, and it's not just Native Americans, it's all over, uh, is I long to see people have that passion for the Scriptures, to hear God's voice. And yet when I look at it, I've got to admit that we're kind of living in an Ill illiterate society, really biblically. But, uh, and I hear often among the native people, you know, how can I understand the word? How can I get more out of the word? And so really that's my question that I want to pose to you, Mike, is uh, as a professor and of scripture, uh, just tell us, uh, you know, uh, the importance of the word but then also some of those jewels and how to really learn by the word. Right. Well, there's a fairly simple answer to that question. And then there are other involved answers to that question, but mm -hmm. how do you really learn the word? Okay. First thing we should do is we should read it. The second thing we should do to really learn the word is to read it again. And then, after read it and read it again, 
then we read it again and again and again and again and again. And I know that sounds overly simplistic, and I get that. And that's not to say that there aren't really challenging and diff difficult parts of Scripture. But it's astonishing how much we can really get if we just read it a whole lot. And, and um, I mean, there's all kinds of other things to say. Aside from that, I think one of the things we have to be very careful about is that we, we need to understand that when we read in major parts of the Old Testament, we have to understand that that was a section that was written to the Jewish people, that they were living under and bound by the Mosaic Covenant, the Mosaic Law, not just the Ten Commandments, but all 613 commandments. Mm -hmm. And guess what? We're not under that covenant anymore. That's a surprising statement. We, we don't go out and sacrifice goats. We don't go out and stone people who have been immoral or we don't stone sons who are rebellious or things like that. And so even the promises that we find in the Mosaic covenant, we, we have to be very careful about claiming those because we're not Jews and that covenant was not made directly with us. Now, we have the new covenant and we are a new covenant community, those who have trusted Christ as Savior. And so certainly when we come to the New Testament, we can and should be reading there for the content, but the promises as well, and seeking to understand. One other thing, too, I would let me just mention, sure. and that is, um, it's not a bad idea to have some good Bible tools handy. Yes. And I, I think, I think um, uh, you know, a good study Bible with foot, footnotes at the bottom, as long as we understand those footnotes are not inspired and inerrant as long as we understand that, then they could be very helpful for us uh, to get at difficult passages or maybe maybe a, a very uh, a brief um, one-volume commentary on the Bible. This is a shameless commercial here. The Moody Bible Commentary yes. uh, was edited by me and by Mike Rodelnik, and um, we hear good things about it, and, and that could be helpful. A commentary just explains what the verses mean um, in biblical order. So, so I, I would say that those things are pretty important for us as we start on the track of really learning scripture. Yeah, very good. I, I, Michael, when I, whenever I study, uh, like uh, when I do study some of the Old Testament, I see our native uh, people involved, very similar kind of situations, you know, examples. And so I want to learn more about that. And I, I think as far as you're saying, look at the commentaries, uh, look at specific book studies. I've, I've enjoyed that, you know, uh, in seeing that. Uh, I think just the very practical, uh, many of our Native people now, for instance, uh, we have had the gospel for over 400 years. Uh, uh, and yet, the, the statistics tell us that only about 5% of our Native people have ever embraced Christ into their life. Uh, and so that's where I'm saying, uh, I have individuals that say, you know what, Huron, I want to know the word. Very practical. How do I begin to even understand the word? Uh, I know there's different versions. Uh, how do I begin to even consider these different, what are, what are this? How would you explain to an individual like that? Well, again, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go back to what I said earlier. The, the key for understanding the Bible 
is to read it and read it and read it and read it. No wonder we don't understand it because we don't read it very yes. often. So many of us now, and I would say, you know, um, once you've read it a whole lot and you want to go and, and you're familiar with the basic contents of it, and we can become extremely familiar, right? But if we want to go deeper, then at that point, uh, to be really honest with you, books do help. They really do. And so um, it's not a bad idea to, to maybe get a hold of not only a good commentary, it's a good commentary. We'll give you some of the historical background for each of the individual books of the Bible and then explain what all those strange verses mean. Yeah. But, um, but, but I would get a hold of maybe uh, a survey of the New Testament or a survey of the Old Testament and read through those as you're reading through the associated books. So if you read through, um, you know, there's all kinds of them. If you read through the discussion and the introduction to the book of Genesis. Well, you might read that before you actually start reading Genesis, and it will probably help you look at the themes and how the book is structured and some of those kinds of things. And so just a few books, uh, investing in a few books can really help us become much deeper and much more solid in our, in our knowledge of scripture. But I want to go back to it and beat a dead horse here. We have to just read it, read it, read it. That's such an important thing. That's good. That's good. Another thing I think of, and uh, again, among our native people, uh, uh, I would say, how do, the question is, how does God speak to us? And I've had individuals like this say, well, you know, uh, he has speak through us uh, through uh, spiritual uh, things. Now I'm, th I'm talking about uh, maybe not Christians, what we were known as uh, those that practice their traditional ways. And uh, maybe a, a medicine man goes for a vision or goes for a demonstration of God kind of thing. Uh, how do we know God's word is God's word speaking to us and, and uh, not something extra, I would say? Right. Well, the scriptures uh, talk a lot about God's word. And we know from the scriptures that God himself is a living God. He's alive. And we also know that he speaks. And it says it over 2,000 times in the Old Testament. Thus says the Lord. And so the Lord speaks. And we also know that when he speaks, because he's a God who cannot lie, according to Hebrews 6, uh, we know that what he says then in his word will be full of truth. Um, error comes when people are lying and we know God doesn't lie or when they don't know all the facts. Well, God knows everything and he never lies. And so his word is absolutely true. We, we know that the scriptures also are, to use a technical term, they are inerrant. That is, they have no error in them. So if we take those things, that God is real and exists, that he speaks, that his word is truth, that it is, um, it, well, just given those things, then we better pay attention to what God says. Um, he has spoken, and we, we really need to listen to that. Now, now Huron, um, I just don't know very much at all about Native American culture, but I would be concerned, maybe, and you can correct me if, I'm, if I have this wrong, please, that, that because it's my understanding that so many Native American um, groups are so strong on their tradition 
I would want and would want to encourage Native American Christians to make sure that they are um, up to their eyeballs in Scripture and that they listen less to the traditional teaching about spiritual things. And, and I don't know if I have any of that right. What, what do you think about oh, that? I think, I think that's excellent. I think, of, I think you're right on. Uh, I, I, again, when I look at scripture, I see uh, very much similarities. I think of, I think, believe it's in Matthew 7, where it talks about uh, the Lord talking and following the traditions of their people and, and not really following, listening to uh, God. We're listening to the Lord. And uh, so uh, that's where, you know, I, I uh, example, I see a lot, uh, and this is with any people. But uh, the outward form of, of uh, connecting with, the, with God is traditions, it's ceremonies, it's practices. And I, and I have the question, well, how do you know really God is speaking to you? And, and uh, my observation is that when God does something, he does it from the inside out. Uh, we see the gifts of the Spirit and talks about love, joy, and all of, all of this. It's inward. So uh, that's where I would say a, out, a man's effort to reach God is religion or the ceremonies, the practices. Uh, God's way of working in an individual's life, when he speaks into our life, of course, the word impacts. There's from the inside out. And so, so uh, that's uh, one thing that I see. But uh, I truly agree. That, and, and what I hear the native person is, how do I have discernment? How do I really know that it's of God? Another thing I think of is that, uh, again, uh, natives that don't uh, believe in Christ, don't believe uh, as scripture teaches, uh, that uh, they have yet a great respect for the creator. But yet, when I look at it, I think of Romans chapter one, where they have they have a zeal for God. Or, uh, you know, they believe in in His acts, but they worship the Creator rather than or the creature rather than the Creator. And so, uh, so, anyways, it's just that question of how do I know? How do I discern? And uh, I just totally agree with you. It is it, you just read the Word, love the Word, learn from from His Word. And and it's important that when we hear people talking about ultimate truths, you know, things related to um, the spiritual realm, let's say it's, it's so important for us um, or, or, or also just for how we ought to be behaving in the world. It's so important for us as we listen to those voices to be asking ourselves the question, is this what scripture says about these points as well? You know, I mean, I'm desperately concerned that, and certainly not just in native cultures, sure. but but that but in all other cultures as well in our society, you know, who's who's the bigger authority? Is it the word of God or is it Oprah? Yes. You know, is it is it the word of God or is it President Joe Biden? And that's not a political statement. I'm just saying a no. lot of people put a lot of stock in our political leaders, and I get it. Um, but but we need to ask ourselves the questions. You know what. What does the word of God say about about spiritual things and values and behavior and morals? Yes. That's the key. Excellent. Excellent. Well, again, and I uh, one other question, and I, I, I always love this. 
is when you when you think of the word of God, uh, how do you know that it's consistent? It's true. Uh, just tell uh, I'd like our listeners to know how many writers wrote and how much over time this took place and how it's consistent. Uh, how would you express that? Yeah, well, um, one of the mysteries as it relates to scripture is that it is both a human product and a divine product. And so the whole idea of inspiration is not just, you know, the, the, the Bible's a really inspired book, like, like it makes you feel good or something like that. It's by inspiration, we mean that God has breathed out his word. And um, so the scripture is both, it's a cooperative thing between a human author using his own vocabulary and his own language and his own way of saying things, but he actually records without any error exactly the message that God wants us to have. And so I, I think um, one, of the, one of the ways that we can trust the fact that it's consistent across, you know, about probably 2,000 years of writing and you know, I think all together, somebody counted up one time, and I can't remember, but something like 49 different authors contributed to the scripture. I mean, some, some guys wrote several books, you know, like Paul or whoever. And, and so we can be certain of the fact that it is consistent in its message across all those centuries and across all the different books and across all the different sort of genre that we have in scripture, because behind it all is God. And he makes sure that there's a, a unified message and theme throughout so that we have no contradictions between Genesis and Revelation. We only have things that are complementary, that genuinely work together and enlighten us further. Well, I've been asking you the questions. Do you have any question that you would like to ask, uh, you know, regarding Native Americans or whatever? Um. What I'm just just sort of out of the blue, out of curiosity. What would you say um, leads a lot of Native Americans to resist Christianity and the Bible and Scripture? If there were one or two things that really stand in the way, you know, just just sort of on kind of more of a practical level. Of course, there's all kinds of theological things. Everybody has the flesh, and the flesh resists God and all of that. But I'm I'm just thinking in sort of a practical way. Right. What what one or two major things uh, lead our Native American friends to resist um, the God of Scripture? That's a great question. And and uh, I was just uh, this past last year, uh, I was invited to to Plymouth, Massachusetts, and. They were celebrating the 400-year celebration of the Puritans coming to our native people. Uh, the very first tribe was the Wapano Indians, and uh, it was. And, and in fact, uh, last year was the very first Thanksgiving celebration. So it was like 400 years. And, and I thought, boy, I was really moved because that was the first time uh, two civilizations from different worlds connected. And, uh, but I would say over that period of time, and when it started, it was honorable. Uh, I was amazed as to the pilgrims and their view of God. They didn't want to be ruled by a king, by authoritarian. They wanted to be ruled under God. And uh, it was really a moving time. 
uh, it was a great beginning in that relationship. But over those 400 years, uh, it has been, it has broken down. And, and what I see is where we've gotten away from listening to God. It's, it's where we've gotten away from being uh, led by God through his word. And, uh, and then there's been atrocities. That's what I think among our Native American. There's stories there of, uh, you know, and there's, there's good and there's bad stories. I thank God for individuals like David Brainerd and, and uh, John Elliott and some of these individuals that have shared the gospel to our Indian people, our Native people. But uh, then there's other stories. And uh, again, I can see that it was really the heart of those individuals in the beginning to evangelize our people. And, and then there was a point where there was a shift. And instead of evangelizing, and I see that in scripture, we're to go and, and share the gospel to all nations, all peoples. But then there was a shift. And instead of evangelizing, it's civilized. We want to civilize the people. And that's where your heart breaks at some of those stories. So to your question, I think what has been uh, the barrier of that 5% accepting Christ and 95% rejecting Christ, I think it's the history. It's the history of the past, of, of the gospel being presented to our people. And uh, yet we want to see that change. And, and, I, and I know, Mike, that uh, the only way that we're going to see change in those kind of uh, relations, broken relationships, is through the Lord, definitely. But it is by the design and the purpose of God, what he has for all of us. And uh, so that's what gets me into the word, to study the word, uh, to see that, you know, Christ is that reconciler. He's the redeemer. All of that is just powerful. So, uh, so I love it. I love the word. Uh, I, I see the challenges we face in life today, but again, I hold on to the word because I know that that's, that's really the answer for us. And uh, I appreciate you. I've, uh, I have another dear friend that has introduced me to you and uh, your contribution in uh, Moody's uh, commentary. I know that's impacting nations all over the world. And uh, it's just a privilege to know you and your uh, value, your heart for the word. Uh, I just, in closing, I would ask you to pray for our Native American people. There are 576 different nations in the United States. There's 9.7 million Native peoples. And you know what? We need our lives transformed in the only way is the word of God. So uh, I would count it a privilege to have you pray for our Native American people. You, bet. you want me to do that right now? Yes, Here sir. Go. Okay. okay. All right. Heavenly Father, I, I wish I knew um, the Native American culture and beliefs and values better so that I could pray more intelligently for them. But as Huron just said, Lord, um, the greatest need for each one of them who has yet to come to Christ is that they should do so, that you would remove whatever 
veil there might be over their spiritual eyes or the hardness of their heart so that they would put their faith in Christ, find salvation, and find the enormous joy and strength that he provides to help us live life when things are hard. And so, Father, I pray that um, Huron's efforts and the efforts of so many others, um, a few that I know, a few missionaries to uh, Native peoples, I want to pray that you would give them much fruit for their labor and that the gospel would go out and make a huge impact um, in so much more widespread a way than has been the case historically and recently. And we will thank you and praise you as you do that kind of work through those, those, those workers who are there on the front lines uh, with Native people. Lord, I just commit um, all their work to you and uh, pray that your word would be fruitful and that your spirit would go ahead and work in the hearts of people and draw them to Jesus. And we pray all this in his name for his glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Huron. Thanks for joining us in today's conversation. We trust you've been encouraged by what you've heard. The mission and purpose of Chief is to disciple and equip a strong Native American leadership for the development of the indigenous church throughout North, Central, and South America. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of Chief and how you can be involved, please visit us online at chief.org. Thanks for your interest. And we'll look forward to you joining us again next time for another Conversation with Chief.